evening and welcome to the 454th episode of Travel with Radio. I'm your host, Dan Schlossberg, along with my friend and co-host, Mary Ellen Nugent-Lee, and this is the 11th season of Travel with Radio, the show that lets you enjoy the pleasures of travel from the comfort of your armchair. Every week at this time, we talk to people representing destinations, hotels, airlines, railroads, car rental companies, and others in the world of travel and hospitality, from authors and bloggers to broadcasters and publicists. If it's got anything to do with travel, it's got everything to do with Travel Itch Radio. And tonight, we're pleased to welcome to Travel Itch Radio two guests from Catalina Island, President and CEO Jim Ludjohan of Love's Catalina Island Tourism Authority, and Gail Fournissier, Deputy Director of External Affairs of the Catalina Museum for Art and History. Welcome to Travel at Radio, and apologies if I mangled anybody's name. <laughs> Did good. Okay, Jim, let's start with you. We all know the four-prep song that starts 26 miles across the sea. Santa Catalina is calling to me. Since Catalina is indeed an island... How do people get there, and how many tourists come every year? And is it a year-round destination? Um, so I'll go kind of in reverse order. Absolutely, we are a year-round destination. In fact, some of the best times to visit are not in peak travel season. I would encourage anyone to come here in the fall or winter um, when you can enjoy a very uncrowded and beautiful uh, place to visit without as many visitors as we otherwise have in the summer. We have about a million visitors a year in the normal economy. We're still recovering from COVID, so we're not quite there yet. And um, easily 70-plus percent of those arrive by passenger ferry. The passenger ferries come from four different ports um, around Los Angeles and Orange County on the mainland. Um, Another 25% come by cruise ship. We have over 50 um, cruise ship calls per year uh, here on the island. And then the remainder come by air, either helicopter or um, to the airport in the sky, which is a private um, pilot's landing strip. There's no commercial service there. I believe you and I met in Oxnard, California, which also I think is part of the Channel Island. Isn't Catalina also part of the Channel Island? Yes, that is where we met. And... um, the northern Channel Islands are predominantly part of the Channel Islands National Park, and they are right off the coast of Oxnard. And then we're next in line being off the coast of Los Angeles, and just beyond us is um, San Clemente Island, which is still technically part of Los Angeles County, but is not a populated or preserved island. It's a military facility. And isn't San Clemente where Virginia had a home? It's not the city of San Clemente, it's the island of San Clemente. Aha, okay. Glad you straightened that out. Mary Ellen? So, Jim, how often does the ferry run and how long does it take, and where can people pick it up on the mainland? So, in the off-season, there are as few as three um, round trips per day, predominantly out of Long Beach. And then um, by the time you get into the late summer, we have eight 10, 12 boats a day that that come from Dana Point, Newport Beach, Long Beach, and San Pedro. And you mentioned people can fly to Catalina Island, too? Yes. 
Um, the helicopter service is IEX Helicopters, and they operate an on-demand charter service. So they have open hours of operation every day, and you can go on their um, website and book the next available flight, or you can outright charter a flight. They predominantly travel here from the John Wayne Airport or right next to the Queen Mary in Long Beach. But they also have service out of San Pedro as well. And then because they're an on-demand charter service, if you are fortunate enough to have a helipad on the roof of your condominium building or work for a major motion picture company or a sports franchise, you can just call them up and they'll come land where you are and pick you up and bring you here. Oh, that's great. We're talking with Jim Luchahan about Catalina Island. Jim, what will visitors find on the island? Are there resort hotels and really good restaurants? Um, yes and yes. Uh, there are all strata of hotels from three-star tourist class hotels up to um, elegant five-star bed and breakfast. And um, restaurants are proliferating. We have new offerings. You've got. Uh, we're going to talk about one of those a little further down the, the interview here, and we, of course, specialize in seafood because of the abundant resource that's right at our feet. How many people actually live on Catalina Island? In a round number, 4,000, about 3,800 here in Avalon and a couple of hundred scattered around other parts of the island. So the tourist population always out, outnumbers the residents, I guess. Most days. Okay, and we know that William Wrigley, the chewing gum magnet and also baseball team owner, not only lived on Catalina, but bought nearly everything on the island. Tell us about his home, which was a huge mansion now called the Inn on Mount Ada. Yeah, the, um, the Inn is currently operated as a six-suite property. It's a um, five-star accommodation with uh, wine and cheese service every evening and meals served exclusively to those guests, uh, an amazing balcony with a panoramic view looking down on the city of Avalon and especially over Avalon Harbor. And um, it's beautifully decorated. There's both historic and, and you know, Wrigley family mementos on display in there and then um, just, you know, has that wonderful quiet ambiance of, you know, an occasional footstep walking through a room or hearing a clock chime down the hall. It's really charming. Jim, would you say the ocean views from that inn are the best in Catalina? And do guests get complimentary golf carts to get around? So every guest that stays at Mount Ada is offered um, really beautiful little um, British racing green golf carts with brown leather oh. seats. We can, always, we can pick out the, the Mount Ada guests wherever they go by the hot rod version of a golf cart they get to drive. And um, the operators of the inn would like me to tell you it's the very best view, but so would a lot of other people like camping outfitters and hiking expedition groups who take you along the trails of the interior that say they could show you views that would rival it, I'm sure. <laughs> We're talking with Jim Luchohan about Catalina Island. And Jim, since the island is 22 miles long by 8 miles wide, is it easy to navigate by a golf cart, and aren't cars restricted anyway? 
So there's a lot of vehicle restrictions here. We are so unique that the state of California has actually written vehicle codes specifically for us um, that only applies here. From the types of vehicles that can be operated on our roadways to the classifications for youth driver's licenses, there's all kinds of ways that we're very special and unique. The golf carts are the predominant mode of transportation in the city of Avalon. If you live or work or, or do business in Avalon, you probably do it in a golf cart. There are tour operators who have minivans and Jeeps and all-wheel drive SUVs that are used to go out into the interior. Um, you are limited as a visitor if you have one of those golf carts from Mount Ada or if you rent one of the tour golf carts, you are limited to driving within the city limits and there's even a few roadways you're not allowed to drive on uh, because they'd be too dangerous for a golf cart to safely navigate. If people want to hear stories about the Wrigley's, is staying at the inn their best bet? It's certainly one of the best, but you're going to hear from Gail later to talk primarily about the Cubs, and I would be um, slapped across the table here if I didn't tell you that the Catalina Museum of Art and History um, is a must-stop for learning about the Wrigley family, as is a tour of the casino. And it's pretty hard to visit here without at least passively learning something more about the family. There's such a big footprint here. And tell us, Jim, are there good beaches in Catalina? We've been hearing about the Descanso Beach Club's location in a private cove, and especially its presidential cabanas. So that is certainly one of the top beach experiences you can have on the island. Uh, there's some other favorites of mine. Uh, if you go to more the west end of the island, you can find things like White's Landing. If you go around the windward side of the island, there is a beautiful beach at Ben Weston Beach or Shark or Little Harbors. They take a lot more work to get there. Some of them not only require finding transportation to take you there, but then a hike to, um, to get your feet on the sand. But you will be treated to some of the most spectacular, pristine beach um, you'll ever see there. And if you want the more luxe, Go to Descanso Beach. You can order a cocktail. They'll bring it to you while you're sitting in your cabana. And no effort to enjoy that beach other than getting there. Ooh. And we have to hear more about the Catalina Casino and Avalon Theater. Is it true guests can still hear the echoes of big band legends like Jimmy Dorsey, Woody Herman, and Harry James? I'll go with true on that, and I'll say um, there are peak opportunities to quite literally have that experience. If you come here during jazz tracks or for the New Year's Eve gala that we put on every year in there, or if you attend the Los Angeles Art Deco Society Ball, those are all opportunities to literally have big band experiences in that historic venue. Oh, I'm swooning. <laughs> We're talking with Jim Luchohan about Catalina Island. Jim, do you recommend visitors take a guided tour of the casino building? And are there other island tours that appeal to visitors who want to make maximum mileage out of minimum time? So I would say if you haven't ever done it, a casino tour is definitely one to put right at the top of your list. The rest of what you do really depends on your personal interests. Um, you can rent bikes or e-bikes. You can rent a golf cart and go for an hour's drive around Avalon. Visiting the museum, I already mentioned, we have the Wrigley Botanical Garden, which um, is really beautiful, and there's the Wrigley Memorial within that, so another historic site that you can see when you're there. 
And that's also the trailhead for um, a lot of quick, easy day hikes, or not always easy, quick day hikes. Some of them are quite steep and, and take a, a, a good pair of shoes and maybe a walking stick to traverse. Um, the final thing that I'd say you should make time for, even if you're just a day trip visitor, is taking one of the echo tours. There's multiple operators that take people out into the interior in Jeeps or SUVs, and you can see wildlife and a pristine California landscape that is, that is utterly unspoiled. Does Crescent Avenue offer the best street experience in Avalon? Um, I think so. For ambiance and, and views, you're looking at one direction out at the beach and the oceanfront and the green pier, and you're looking the other way at quaint little shops, um, totally unique shops, not, not mainland stores at all. And that's where most of the dining is. And quite a few of the restaurants open up to the street or, or have tables that turn out onto the street so you can enjoy that same ambiance while you're having the meal or the cocktail. Okay, here's another true or false question for you. Lloyd's of Avalon has the best saltwater taffy on the island since they've been making it since 1934. We also hear good things about Cafe Metropole, Naughty Fox, and Avalon Grill as popular places for quick snacks. Yes? So true on Avalon, um, um, Avalon's toffee making. That's absolutely true. And i got to tell you, when I travel uh, or go anywhere to visit friends, a box of that taffy is what always goes in the suitcase to give them for a taste of my hometown. Um, the Cafe Metropole and Naughty Fox and Avalon Grill are all absolutely top spots for great food and great ambiance. But just one, I make one minor correction. The Avalon Grill is definitely um, not a quick snack venue, that's definitely more a sit down, enjoy the meal, order the second glass of wine kind of place. Mm. Okay, sounds good. I'm glad you told us that. We're talking with Jim Lutjahan about Catalina Island. Jim, the Pacific Ocean is a paradise for recreational sports, from fishing, surfing, and parasailing, to snorkeling and glass bottom boat rides. Would you agree that visitors who want to enjoy a quick look at what Southern California diving has to offer should consider a trip to Catalina's Avalon Underwater Park. Yeah, and most of us tend to refer to it as um, the Casino Point Park or Casino Point Diving Park, and it is truly unique. Um, you can go there, and if you didn't travel with your gear, there's a full facility for gear rental and showers and, and air tank fill. If you're on a guided expedition, the, the guide can take you right in via about eight steps down from, from parking lot level into the water, and you are entering a marine sanctuary right at the bottom of those stairs, complete with kelp forest and a wreck. Um, there's a, a boat wreck down there that you can dive to. Uh, we have abundant um, sea life, including big mouth bass and Garibaldi that um, will haunt you while you're diving. They're just following you and open your air bubbles from your tank. It's, it's truly one of the best diving experiences you can have, and you don't have to sit on a boat and worry about getting back in a boat. You just literally walk the stairs. I want to tell our listeners that you're listening to Travel It's Radio with Dan Schlossberg and Mariella Nugent Lee. We're on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, and you can also check out our Facebook page and listen to the archive show at your convenience. And we're talking tonight with Jim Ludjahan about Catalina Island. Jim, tell us a little about the eco-tours. You mentioned them. They're, I know they're just SUVs. And they're also about the bus tours on the island. 
Yeah, we have um, different operators have different types of vehicles. So we have a biofuel Hummer. If you want to go for the big rugged adventure, we've got little four by four Jeeps. And the predominant vehicle I think that is probably most used is a, a sort of a Toyota Tundra vehicle that has been modified to have stadium seating. So you look right over the head of the person in front of you if you're not in the front row. And uh, they have roll bars and, and all of the safety gear that make them a, a really great experience to go out and see the bison and eagle and deer and miniature fox um, and all the flora and fauna. Okay, Mary Ellen, next question is yours. Thanks. Thanks, Jim. Now, you mentioned Catalina is a cornucopia of flora and fauna with everything from bald eagles and buffalo and flying fish, orange garibaldi. We'd also like to know more about the Wrigley Marine Science Center and the Wrigley Institute for Environmental Studies. Okay, um, so that is located closer to two harbors. Um, for a little quick geography lesson, Avalon is sort of on the east-southeast corner of the island, and Two Harbors is more on the west end, almost to the very west end of the island. And um, just adjacent to that is where the Wrigley Marine Science Center is located. It is operated primarily by the University of Southern California, or USC, and it's both a facility for research and for faculty and student learning. They do special education programs with guest lecture series where guests from the mainland can come. Um, they can accommodate up to 106 overnight visitors or 150 folks for dining. And um, they also, related back to our conversation about the dive park, if someone should need it, they have um, like an iron lung there, a, a, a chamber for oxygenating. And um, so more than a few times a year, we got to send a diver down there who went too deep or ascended a came to the surface too fast and um, get some oxygen back in their blood so they can feel good and go home. <laughs> We're talking with Jim Luchohan about Catalina Island. Jim, is the Catalina Channel Swim still part of the triple crown of open water swimming along with the English Channel and Manhattan Island? Um, yes, absolutely it is, and I'm going to venture a guess because I haven't been keeping a tally that I'd say it's almost weekly that we hear of another swimmer attempting the cross or planning, you know, they're, they're then in training for a future cross, um, mm -hmm. and um, all age, too. Uh, we've had a gentleman recently in his 70s who did his third cross. Um, so, um, and we had a young, we had two young ladies who were 13 and 15 who recently did it. So, absolutely, it is, and I'd recommend to any of your swimming listeners to to train up and come make this one of your bucket list swims. Mm -hmm. Is that a 26 mile swim to the mainland? It's not. And I'm looking over at Gail. Um, I think it's 20, 22. We think it's 20 or 22 from the actual point to point. Um, the song romanticized, you know, at 26 miles, but there's actually a couple of points on the island that are as little as 18 miles from our last rock to the first rock on the other side. Okay, just a little out of my league, but close. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you talked about cruise ships, so let's go on and bring in Gail so we can talk baseball. 
The Chicago Cubs came to Catalina for spring training in 1921 and stayed 30 years, with the exception of the Warriors when teams trained close to home. Where did they play and how did they play other teams in exhibition games if everybody else was on the mainland? Well, thank you for having me. And, uh, yes, they actually played on the backside of Avalon, uh, just up in the canyon, so only blocks away truly from the beach. Uh, they had a Wrigley Field, regulation-sized Wrigley Field, and some teams did travel here by steamship and a couple times by seaplane, though they thought that was a little too risky. Uh, so mostly they trained here uh, during February and March, and then on their way home, since they traveled out to, uh, to catch the boat uh, via train, uh, they took the train back as well. And when they took the train back, they did a bunch of stops along the way back to Chicago, do, playing a bunch of exposition games. Okay. I own a book called The Cubs on Catalina that has mostly pictures. But my favorite story has to do with radio announcer Dutch Reagan, who broadcast Cubs games for Des Moines Station WHO and used that as a springboard to the White House. Would you tell our listeners that story, Gail? It's such a great story. Uh, he came out here, of course, as many sportscasters did, to cover the, the training of the Cubs. And at that time, those players truly had to get back into baseball shape. So they were here doing rigorous training. And all these sportscasters came out and were um, touting back at how beautiful, sunny Southern California, and here they are, the Chicago Cubs. And so on a day off from uh, covering one of their some of their games here and practice here, he went over to Hollywood and did a screen test and got that part, and then that launched his Hollywood career, and then, of course, as you know, the rest is history. <laughs> That's right. And actually, our listeners might not know, but there were actually three Wrigley Fields. There's the one in Chicago, of course. There was one in Los Angeles because the Cubs – had a farm team in Los Angeles, and they called their stadium Wrigley Field, and the one in Catalina. There were three Wrigley Fields, right, Gail? Correct, correct, and that is a good trivia fact. Most people don't know that. And could spring training ever come back to Catalina? Oh, my gosh, we would love that so much. Uh, their field that they played on, that Wrigley regulation, Wrigley Field size uh, field, was, is no longer there. However, we do have a really great field that we call – Machado Field, and um, we would definitely love to make some arrangements to have them come back. That would be great. We're talking with Gail Fornasier about Catalina Island. Mary Ellen? Now, Gail, we understand there are lots of artifacts in the Catalina Museum for Art and History, once in the famous Circular Casino building, but now in a home of its own. Could you tell us more? Uh, yes, uh, for about 63 years, we were in the uh, kind of basement, lower level of the casino building, which we loved, but it was a small space. And in 2016, we were able to open a much larger, four times the size uh, space to accommodate and share and preserve uh, Catalina's history and also art and culture for the island. We're talking with Gail Fornisier about Catalina Island. Gail, wasn't Catalina both a favorite location for film crews as well as a destination for Hollywood celebrities seeking seclusion? Absolutely. Uh, not only did over 500 films and TV shows have been filmed on the island, either in Avalon or mostly uh, down on the west end of the Two Harbors area. They even called it the Isthmus Movie Colony at the time, and they built 
elaborate sets. It could be Tahiti. It could be uh, the uh, American home front, whatever. And uh, yeah, so they, they, and then the celebrities would come here and uh, be introduced maybe through a film, but then come here and get away from all the hustle and bustle of Hollywood, maybe some rumors about them or whatever, and sail their yachts or just come over and play. And among notables with Catalina Roots were Humphrey Bogart, John Wayne, Charlie Chaplin, Cecil B. DeMille, Bing Crosby, and even Marilyn Monroe, who lived on the island for about six months during World War II when she was still Norma Jean Baker. Anybody else we should mention? Oh, there's so many, um, but I would say Jean Harlow, uh, Dolores Del Rio, Esther Williams, Errol Flynn, Johnny Weissmiller, Mickey Rooney. There are just endless amounts of people who were here. Uh, enjoying their time here, and then also just being inspired by the island for other projects. And the town of Avalon was mentioned in an Al Jolson song and a Crosby, Stills, and Nash hit called Southern Cross. Tell us what that town is like, Gail. You know, I think it's still still sort of the same. At the end of the day, it is a small town. Uh, we mentioned 4,000 residents, um, so it has that small town feel and charm, but we're also here for you know, over a million visitors a year. So we definitely have a lot of other opportunities and offerings that a regular small town that size would be able to offer. So it's a little bit of the best of both worlds. And you have to tell us about the barbershop. We talked off, off the air before we went on. Rolo Santana's Barbershop. It's like a little Hall of Fame in Catalina, isn't it? Yes. Uh, Lolo himself is a legend on the island. Um, he is in, in his 90s, and he still is a regular barber here. But when you go into his quaint little barber shop, it's like walking into a, a kind of Cubs and baseball and golf uh, museum of its own. So many memories, so many stories. Um, basically, if you want to talk baseball or golf, you go there, and you definitely have to get your hair cut once by him. I did years ago, but now that he's in his 90s, I'm not so sure. But I do want to talk baseball, so I guess it's worth it. <laughs> totally. He, he still has a steady hand, I can attest. He, <laughs> he gives a decent haircut. Oh, that's good to hear, Jim. Is there anything we haven't asked you guys that you would like to add? We have a couple of minutes left. Um, gosh, I think um, – I would just reiterate to your listeners to consider coming on any weekday or in the fall or in the spring when um, they can feel like they have much of the island to themselves as sort of an insider tip. And your yeah, climate and I would also add Eric, could, I'm sorry, Gail, go ahead. That's okay. Another insider tip is, um, you know, when you're on the mainland, even in Long Beach and San Pedro, and it might be kind of a gloomy-looking day, for some reason, we were in the, like, the most beautiful spot where a pocket of sunshine always opens up over Avalon. So don't anyone ever be deterred by the weather. It's always so great here. Mm-hmm. And you do have kind of like a desert, arid climate, right? Yeah. Our native landscape is um, almost like a desert, coastal, desert and coastal chaparral mix. You can go into the interior, and it's much more – cactusy and and you come out on the edges and there's more um, scrub and sage and brush that soaks up the moisture from the ocean and the rain. Well, it's it's good to hear. Our guests tonight have been Jim Ludo-Yahan and Gail Fernassier of Catalina Island. Thank you for being our guests on Travel Watch Radio. Thank you. Thank you.
Really enjoyed having you. And I've got to tell our listeners, I've been to Catalina Island twice. I loved it. It was really fun. I even even liked the ferry ride. I liked everything about it. So please consider Catalina Island for your vacation. And there's a lot about Catalina Island spring training in my book, The New Baseball Bible, Notes, Nuggets, Legends from Our National Pastime. 480 pages for less than a saw block. It's both a coffee table book and a bathroom book. Read it backwards and still enjoy it. That's the new Baseball Bible with Mike Trout on the cover. Get it tonight on Amazon.com. And that's it for this edition of Travelage Radio. Next week, same time, same station, same writers, same announcers. We'll talk Virginia with my friend Brigitte Belanger-Warner. Now, this is Dan Schlossberg, along with my beautiful and talented co-host, Mariella Nugent-Lee, saying thank you for your time this time. Until next time, good night and stay safe.